Hi there. Thank you for connecting with me and subscribing to the Living the Sky Life podcast. I'm a very tired and oftentimes overwhelmed autism warrior mom who has navigated the ups and downs of this puzzling disorder for 16 years and counting. My hope when creating this podcast was that it would serve as a vessel for connecting families with special needs children so we may share experiences and resources. But even more importantly, I want to create a community of support for one another through the tough times, which we know there can be many, and to celebrate the achievement of milestones, big and small, of our amazing kids. So thanks again for joining me on this journey and for tuning in for this episode of Living the Sky Life. Today's episode brings you two highly energetic autism moms, Christy and Brenda from South Florida, who also have a podcast called Disorderly Blondes that is quite hilarious. If you haven't had a chance to listen to their podcast, I highly recommend it. Brenda and Christy candidly discuss motherhood and autism with me, um, as they say, while balancing heels and cocktails. We also talk a little bit about Christy's nonprofit uh, called Puzzle Piece Now that she founded in 2009. And we also talk with Brenda about her um, blog called The Wet Palette, where she discusses her passion for food, wine, and travel. So we get into all the things. So please take a listen to my episode with Brenda and Christy from Disorderly Blondes. So today's episode is extra special. I finally get the opportunity to sit down and talk to the Disorderly Blondes, Christy and Brenda, who have a phenomenal podcast that keeps me laughing. So <laughs> welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Hi. Absolutely. Um, I- I'm just so glad I got the chance to finally meet you both on a-, a Zoom call that we had a month or so ago with all the podcasters in this um, a topic arena. And um, it was so great to finally put a face and a voice matched to the <laughs> Disorderly Blondes podcast that I listen to all the time. So I, I'm so Aww. thankful that you guys agreed to be on my podcast. I want to talk a little bit about um, your children and about you each personally and all the things that you've got going on. You're doing so much in your communities and probably beyond your communities that I want to get into some of that. So um, if you guys wouldn't mind, if we could start with talking about um, your two sons, um, Christy, your son, JR, and Brenda, your son, Dylan, that are both on the spectrum, and just kind of a brief overview of their diagnosis story, and um, I love the story of how the two of you connected also, so um, Christy, maybe do you want to start? Sure. Um, I'm Christy. I'm mom to JR. Um, He's 16. He has a younger brother named Jackson who just turned 13. Oh my gosh, JR's not 16. I already messed up. He will be 16 this coming (laughs) month. I always do that. I always advance the ages of my kids. And then it confuses me because then I'll say he's 17 in next month and he's not. He's going to be 16. Um, Jackson just turned 13. And JR was diagnosed with PDD-NOS when Mm -hmm. he you know, and he's of that generation, you know, we took him for like a well visit, like a week before his birthday, um, or maybe like a sick visit. And then for his well visit for his birthday, they're like, oh yeah, he has autism when he was turned three. Like that, he's the generation that, you know, they don't say boo until they turn three. Um, although we always suspected something was going on with him. I'm not nearly as observant and perceptive, um, 
as Brenda, you'll see she's a very detail oriented person. <laughs> um, but I guess not having another child, I just really didn't get what was going on with JR. I'm like, gosh, she's really hard to handle. I'm really sucking at this mom job, you know? <laughs> um, and the most obvious thing was a lack of language. Um, yeah. Um, and social, but I, I'm a little airheaded. So I didn't really get that either that like, you know, some of the kids were going in one direction. He was going in the other. He had horrific, um, separation anxiety. And there's actually some studies about that too. Now that his, his separation anxiety was off the charts. It couldn't leave him with anyone or he would like cover the room and vomit. It was crazy. <laughs> um, so um, you know, speech was an issue and, you know, we just kind of went through the motions and at the time PDDNOS was sort of like a diagnosis that, that meant he has autism, some of the qualities of autism, but not really. And, you know, it's taken me 16 years to figure out that, you know, if it walks like a duck, walks <laughs> yeah. like a duck, you know, uh, I mean, I couldn't even say the word autism for years because I was so... I guess, mortified and scared and confused and sad and frustrated and, you know, didn't know what to think. But that's, you know, JR. Um, he is, you know, I, I hate to describe him because as soon as I start to say, yeah, he's, um, you know, he's fairly high functioning. I remember that he just came out of his room this morning. I was telling Brenda, <laughs> oh, God. He was Zoom conferencing with his class and he got really frustrated. He lost the connection and he came out and he just lost his mind. And I was like, JR, this is a small problem. He was crying. I'm like, you know how to restart it. Go do it. So a few minutes later, he comes out and he said, don't worry, mom. When my teachers asked if I was okay, I told them that you and I got into a really big fight, but I'm better now. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> So, you know, a lot of parents would say, wow, that's, that's great that he could express that. But for me, you know, um, you know, socially and emotionally, he's, you know, not running on full pistons. So that's JR in a nutshell. He's a riot. He's adorable. He brings a lot to our life, but I sure as hell wish he didn't have autism. I don't think anyone ever says, gosh, I really wish my child had a special need of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's such a gift. I know it is such a gift. <laughs> I can relate to so many things you said about Jr. Skyler was um, is seventeen. He did just turn seventeen in April, so he is seventeen. Um, and he oh, had PD, PDD NOS also. I think they just oh, wow. gave us that because they didn't really know if he had all of the classic classic signs of autism, even though he did. But we had to get the diagnosis term of autism because he couldn't get services through school with PDD NOS. Right. It was really just kind of a waste of a diagnosis because it didn't really do anything for us. So you're right. Age three, the magic word came out. <laughs> so that's so frustrating. <laughs> so is JR um, so, fully verbal now? I mean, can he communicate anything that he wants and needs? You understand pretty much? Yes. You, yeah, that's great. 100%. How appropriately he does that is left to be, <laughs> you know, um, you know, we don't really know. Um, you know, he is, he struggles with that. He struggles with, um, self-control and, and social 
issues. Um, and he's really come a long way this past school year. Um, but you know, he uses a lot of strategies and I remember when he was younger, I thought, Oh my gosh, if he has to have autism, let me just hope he can try to manage it now. How well he does it on a day to day basis is, you know, we don't know, but, um, you know, he'll come and he'll say, mom, I have a problem, but it's a small problem. It's a small problem. And he's kind of, you know, he's talking himself down, you know, um, you know, I, this, I'm having a hard time with this, but I can be flexible and, you know, maybe he can't, but he's trying to talk himself down, you know, and, and that has been extremely helpful. It doesn't take the autism away. It doesn't mean he doesn't melt down. Um, but it, it really makes a difference, but that's it. Maybe it's how you carry yourself. I think if you're stressed out and always kind of in a, in a fret about every single thing, maybe their anxiety would be heightened and he wouldn't be able to handle his own situations as well. So I'm trying to think yes. and your mothering. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I try to keep the screams and cries. I put them into my pillow at night. I don't let him, <laughs> but the cursing, I do a lot of cursing. He's very well versed in all the curse words. And that is definitely a reflection on my mother. Yes, I, I guarantee Skylar's first word is going to be a swear word. Because it's <laughs> the same as our house, so. I can't wait. Perfect. The word is a word. Yes. So Brenda, tell us about Dylan. I'm anxious to hear about his story too. Yay. Well, first I have to say that I was totally kidding about the gift thing. <laughs> it's just that, you know, sometimes when, when we talk about our kids, you know, uh, or we're venting to someone, people, you always use it as the crutch, like, oh, but it's such a gift. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh my God, I'm just gonna slap you upside the head right now. Like, no, <laughs> it's not a freaking gift. But not that's just me. <laughs> it's right. And I'm like, I mean, why wouldn't you want like your child to be able to like perform, um, at his best, you know, like for him, not for me personally, but whatever, that's a whole other topic (laughs) for me. Um, Dylan was, um, I noticed like when Dylan was like 12 or 15 months, um, I noticed that he all of a sudden lost everything that he had. He had, he had eye contact, he had babbling, he was there, he was happy. Um, He didn't really like um, too many people fuzzing over him, but I don't know to this day that was that's just like a personality thing I mean I don't like that either (laughs) so I totally related to him um so he did get grouchy like if too many people were like bouncing him or carrying him around or you know he just wanted to be left alone um he enjoyed company but not like touchy-feely like that kind of stuff as a baby but he was always happy and great great um babbling and interaction following you around the room and then sometime between 12 and 15 months he regressed and he lost all of it um, you would call his name. He just wouldn't look up. You would, um, drop something on the floor. He just couldn't care. He just didn't, you know, in order to get his attention, I had to get like in his face, like grab him by the chin and be like, Dylan, Dylan, look at me. And even then he would face me, but then his eyes would wonder yep. you know, left and right and just not look at me. So that's when we noticed I took him to a neurologist who was, can I say he was an ass? He was an ass. <laughs> you can bleep yes, it out. Which one? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and he was basically annoyed that Dylan was playing with the blinds and annoyed that Dylan was um, trying to open his little closet that he said had very um, sensitive medical equipment. Well, why would you put that in your pediatric <laughs> in exam room? Yeah, in an exam room, but whatever. Um, he was just like an ass. And, um, and he basically said, and, and no 
you know, specific words. He, yeah, he's probably on the autism spectrum, but um, we can't really di um, diagnose him until age three. So I basically left with nothing. And he actually didn't even say autism. He said, um, there's probably something off. Like he never really said the words autism to me. Nobody ever did. It was, it was kind of like, I don't know, sugarcoating everything. Um, yeah. So then they did give me a folder that had, and we've talked about this, all these things that did say autism spectrum disorder and how I should call CARD, um, the Center for Autism Related Disabilities. And, and I'm like, well, why would you give me this if he doesn't have an autism diagnosis? And I was just really confused, but um, I, nevertheless, I, I, I dove in and I started taking him for evaluations and I started taking him for speech and OT and everything, even before the diagnosis, because I wasn't going to wait. And that was a, a whole lot of fun, given that everything, um, we always joke around that I'm still on waiting list and nobody's ever called me back from. <laughs> um, and Dylan is now 17, in case I didn't say that. He's about to turn 18 in about three weeks, two weeks. I think in two weeks he turns 18, the big 18. And um, so, so yeah, nobody never heard back from any of those. Had to pay a lot of that out of pocket initially because I just needed to get it done. Um, it didn't matter how much, you know, it was going to cost. We just charged everything and figured it out later. <laughs> and and then at three, he finally did get the diagnosis. Same thing. I realized that um, the once he had the label, he he qualified for a lot of things in school, even though they, they still held back a lot of hours, you know. Yeah, he's not verbal. So we're going to give him one half hour a week. Is that good, mom? <laughs> yes, <You know>? exactly. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, so we've been navigating this since. Like I said, he's 18. So it's been a while. We have tried a lot of different things to help him get ahead. Um, at this point right now, he is verbal enough to communicate um, dislikes or requests uh, or demand. Um, he's, if he's hungry, he'll say um, cookie, crackers, uh, mommy, I, I want lunch, please, or you know that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. um, but not verbal enough or cognitively there to go back and forth with a conversation. How do you feel today? Why don't, the why? He can never tell me why. Um, he just, it's all really, really basic, basic stuff. He can never communicate why he's frustrated. He's starting to show some, um, um, self-injurious behaviors, not very serious, but things like hitting his desk and hitting his head with his hand or with a fist. Um, and then he'll say like, ow, don't hit, no hitting, you know, but, but nobody, it's all to himself, right? Like, um, I was just telling Christy, I've actually videotaped it um, just from the outside of his room because now he, he no longer wants me to videotape him doing anything unless he's dancing. And he does like that because he, he does like to show off when it comes to that. Um, he's like a little performer. But when, he's, when the bad times, those are really the bad ones right now, the, the stimming, the constant scripting, scripting all day long, all day long, movie, movie lines all day long and um or whatever whatever he heard you know this program is brought to you by wpbs this program is brought to you by wpbs oh, this program no. is brought to you by wpbs you know like <laughs> over and over and over so i have to kind of go in there sometimes and say okay dylan change it so he or i'll tell him um this helps him i'll say okay say it three more times and then change it and then he'll Gosh. you know kind of like allowing him to say it and get it out you know because i feel like he he wants to he doesn't want that, that has to get tiring for him. So it's almost like a, like a relief. And then he actually does change it, you know, um, or he'll 
play on the computer. He's on YouTube and he's watching, which I hate, Teletubbies. And God, they're so dumb. And <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad show. That's a tough one. <laughs> and then, I'll, you know, they'll start saying like, Tubby Custard, Tubby Custard. And then it, it's Tubby Custard like 40 times. And, <laughs> and same thing. I'm like, okay, Tubby Custard four more times and then change it. <laughs> That's so, so smart he, that you do that, that you came up yeah. with that. Because he, he, he re, he's always reacted to having closure. That's his thing. You know, if you let him have some kind of closure on what he's doing versus just taking something away or like without a warning, um, that's when he breaks down. That's when he's going to have a meltdown. So even, even if it's something I despise, I give him, you know, I honor that he wants to do that. Um, okay. So, you know, hit yourself two more times, but then that's it, <laughs> you know, and it seems to work for him. It seems to work for him. And he cries and then he'll say, I'm sorry. And nobody's told him anything. It's just all him. It's all him trying to work it out in his head that he shouldn't be hitting, that he, you know, that it's hurting him. And he'll say like, ow. And then he'll apologize because he, know, he anticipates that we're going to scold him or tell him that he shouldn't be doing that. So that's the, the fun times that we're having now, along with doing all the paperwork and everything for guardianship and, you know, living will and all that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> did you start the guardianship stuff at 17 or did you just start it now once or so, once he's turning 18? Well, yeah. So we were told that he had, that we couldn't start anything until six months till. So we okay. started, so we started in January. His birthday's now in June. We started, you know, figuring out who we were. I mean, we kind of had an idea. We had been looking to see who we were going to use. We found someone and just filling out all the paperwork and now everything's been, um, turned in there's a petition um oh, I forget what the name is but it's something like petition for incapacity or something like that mm -hmm. I would have to look it up for the, the wording um so basically somebody has to come in and determine that he is not capable of 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 um, it has a list of making decisions like paying a credit card of, of marriage of yep. I mean it's really depressing stuff it is um yeah and um and then I don't I don't know how it's going to happen and if it's going to happen before his birthday because of everything obviously that's going on with 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 this COVID-19 and I don't know if we're going to have to make a court appearance or if it's going to be on Zoom I have no idea what's mm -hmm. going to happen with that um but yeah that's that's what's going on now so overall he is happy he's um we it's not that we keep him in a bubble but we we try to make his life as comfortable and happy as possible and offering him options which he can decide he does um like when we give him options of things like what do you want to watch what do you want to do do you want to do dance or do you want to go to piano class and that kind of stuff um and he seems to enjoy that so he's overall happy and except when he isn't and when you see the two kids it could be a half an hour apart like you how is this the same child <laughs> you yeah. know so if what sets him off it could be something so tiny yeah. Yeah. You just use, sometimes I know. And sometimes we just say, well, why, you know, why keep analyzing it? It's just autism. It is what it is. And Oliver is your, is your other son. And how, how old is he? So Oliver is 11, um, but he's more like a four year old, um, physically four or five years old, physically. Um, he has a genetic duplication, um, called CHRNA7, um, disorder. No, CHRNA7 duplication, and then they, it's rare, so it might be called disorder, I was told, um, but it, they're not sure yet, so at this point, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it is what it is with him, too, but he, I knew right away with him something was off because, of course, 
second baby, I was watching him like a hawk. Yeah. And, you know, is he, is he not turning? Is he not giving me eye contact? As it turns out, he is great socially. He wants to speak. He wants to be there. He has great eye contact, loves nothing more than a party, being the center of attention. Look at me. <laughs> um, let's go out. You know, he, he is not verbal, but he, oh, he's, he's just started about maybe six months ago trying to, to sound out words. Um, but you could tell he just, he has um, apraxia. So it's really hard for him to just get the words out. So he, he tries, he points, he'll bring me his iPad. He has the little pecs. He tries any way he can to tell me. And obviously we know him. So we kind of know what he's asking for. Um, and he um, has hypotonia, which is the, one of the reasons why he looks way younger. He's really, he weighs 50 pounds and he's 11. Uh-huh. Um, so he's tiny, teeny, tiny, little, tiny, little legs. Um, but the happiest kiddo ever. I don't know how I would have dealt with this had I not had Dylan first. And to an extent, I'm very laid back when it comes to Oliver because of Dylan. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I just kind of knew to attack right away. And he did the same, you know, same route, except he had heavy PT, where Dylan never had PT. And he even did ABA, but more because of the verbal behavior side of it. And um, right now he's in a really small school. There's only about five kids in his classroom. And that really helps him because he gets all this attention. Yeah. <laughs> that he it's hard to replicate at home. <laughs> That's oh, our yeah. problem. Yeah. He's constantly, he's like that puppy. He's always after you. Like you turn around, he's there. Like he's like, hi. Like, you know, he Aww. wants to play. And he, like the puppy bringing you the ball. He just wants to play all the time. Um, but you know, it's the same thing, like cognitive wise, it's hard for him to understand things like neither one of them knows what's going on while we're home. Um, it's not that I can't explain it, but it's kind of a waste of time to explain it because they can't understand it. They don't even know their address, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. like, how do I explain a, this, a concept? So, you know, so extensive, like a virus, you know, you can't go out, it's contagious, yeah. um, <laughs> that kind of stuff. All they so, know every day is a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, pretty much, pretty much. Well, where Oliver requests to go to school because he's very social, we did ask Dylan, Dylan, do you want, do you want um, home or do you want school in August? And he's like, home, home. So I'm like, well, I guess it was good timing now that he's 18, <laughs> you know, yeah. that he's kind of over school. But um, I think he'll like it once to go back. But Oliver is dying to go back to school. Oh, that's hard. That is so hard to explain to them why yeah. they can't go back. Yes. So do all four boys, um, do, when you guys all get together, since you two are best friends, which we'll get to, um, but do they all interact with each other or do they all kind of stay separate? How do, how do your kids all interact? Um, we actually haven't had them together too often ever since we, um, we both moved out of where we used to live, where we were right blocks away from each other. But Right, Christy? Like, so JR, well, JR yeah. loves, since he's the more high-functioning, air quotes. Um, <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> you know, it's funny because he'll kind of, he'll kind of lead, um, and both my kids just kind of follow. So, like, last year, <laughs> last year was Oliver's birthday, and we went to Vero Beach, and, and, and JR was sitting there like, Oliver's my best friend, and Oliver's just there happy. <laughs> Someone pay attention to me, <laughs> you know, and Dylan, you know, if, if we do have them together, I think he's more of a loner. He just kind of like lets JR talk and just kind of nods, you know, <laughs> and Jackson boss. tries to disappear. Jackson's like, what? These kids forget it. <laughs> and I don't the best know. What do you think? Is none of, 
Yeah. None of them even know how dysfunctional that is. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're so oblivious. So we're like, okay, where's my drink? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Christy and I are having pina coladas in the back. What? Our lives are not normal. What? What's going on? <laughs> normal for us. So you yeah. two met in the parking lot, like in a carpool lane, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Christy, you want to tell oh, that story? Go for it. Oh, I, always, I usually always. say it, but today you say it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. The pressure's on. So, um, I, both JR, we'll have to fast forward a little bit, both JR and Dylan attended the same uh, pre-elementary school, and J was Dylan in, like, first then, maybe? He was in kindergarten. He was in okay. kindergarten. Yeah, kindergarten. Okay. And JR was in a pre-K program for three-year-olds that this particular school had, um, once you go through the early steps program and your child turns three, you will, you qualify for free preschool. It just happens to um, take place at a quote unquote regular school. I was terrified. I'm like, oh, kindergartner is going to beat him up. He's only three. <laughs> but I think the program was called Place then. And it's like, yeah. a, it was like a, um, a language, an immersive, you know, language course. Anyway. And Dillon's was so, called Complex Place. Oh, I just remembered that. Don't have that anymore. They no, don't have place, place and then Complex maybe. Place, which was the Ooh. cluster. Dylan was in the you cluster. Like graduated. Yeah. <laughs> right. Can yeah. it be more obvious that it's for the right. kids that need more help? Like, okay. Yeah. So anyway, so we, because our kids were in those programs, we got to kind of pull up front. We got the VIP. Let's just let's just call it what it is. We got the VIP. <laughs> Uh, parking situation where we got to kind of pull up through the carpool a little bit earlier than school let out. Whew, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, so here I am every day pulling up. Jackson was an infant. And so I'm like in my own little world, sitting in the car lane. And of course, you know, every day at that particular time, two o'clock, Jackson decides he's going to take, you know, his afternoon and so I'm like, well, I who sees me? So I just open the hatchback of my SUV, blindly <laughs> changing him. Like, who's watching? Who cares? So this whole entire time, there's this, you know, person behind me. And I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. Always cares. watching. <laughs> uh, right, right. Always watching. Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> so go about my day. And, and Brenda, you can maybe fill in how you felt about seeing me um but Brenda you know was kind of thought wow look at that girl she's got it going on I don't know maybe I was skinnier and tanner and more fit then well I mean that's mm -hmm. likely because of age but <laughs> I also I was um, going through like a really like a really hard time in my life uh well it was he was entering kindergarten he, now he's five so fast forward those two years and I had a couple of miscarriages as well and and in between this is before Oliver so I was dealing with all this heartbreak right and yeah. Christy is like super fit and tanned and like she is like this cool girl you know she has it going on and she's picking up she has this poopy baby but he's really cute <laughs> <laughs> and then he and then she's also waiting for this other adorable kid so she and all I wanted so obviously She's carrying a baby, which I just lost too. Yeah. And, and and I'm waiting, and then I'm waiting for my kid, um, and she's waiting for hers. And yes, Dylan was super cute too. <laughs> but um, you know, so she's like 
oh, picking up JR and going to the car. And I'm like, wow, like she has everything. Like she, her life is perfect. You know, she is just the dream that I want, you know, to be happy, to be fit and, you know, to not be, you know, having this heartbreak and and dealing with autism. She definitely is not doing that. Right. (laughs) I hate that we do that to ourselves. And we always, it's just the same thing with social media. We see everybody's amazing life and we're like, man, they have it all together and they're falling apart at home. Oh, yeah. For sure. So to continue the story, believe it or not, I'm going about my, you know, blonde day and not, I'm not really, a couple months probably went by and a friend of mine called me and she happened, her job was to travel around and draw blood, like kind of like a mobile, um, um, testing, I guess for, insurance. So she had gone to Brenda's husband's office um, to take his blood for insurance. I don't know if that's too much information. I don't know. (laughs) So um, she starts rapping with him. She's very social. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to be rude. But today is, you know, World Autism Awareness Day and and something's coming on the TV. I just want to kind of, you know, see. And she's like, oh my God, you have a child with autism. Oh my God. My best friend has a uh, son with autism, and I bet your wife and my Christy would just get along famously. And you know, Larry is so kind and he's so gracious. I'm sure you know he's like, oh yeah, sure, thanks. You know, takes down the number. I am certain he brought home the number, and Brenda was like, okay. So let me guess. This stranger comes up to you and says that her friend should be my friend. And what is this with, what, what is this like a, a special clutch or like club? Like we're all, because our kids have autism, we're like in this secret society. We all should be friends and we're all alike. And I, I could just picture it. But she probably at the same time was like, okay, I'll call her. And she called and still both completely blonde, didn't, you know, real make the connection. Until one day, <laughs> I said, just come over. I think we figured out we lived around the corner from each other. She comes walking in my house, and she's like, oh, my God, it's you. Thought <laughs> <laughs> it was a good thing or a bad thing, right? <laughs> and she's like, what? What? What's the problem? I'm like, you're the girl. You're the girl I've been, like, looking at. She's like, what? <laughs> and then I was That's happy, awesome. but then I, I was happy, but then I was sad. I'm like, Oh no. I'm like, so you're not perfect. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> shit. <laughs> you crushed my dream. Yes, yeah. But it was a lesson learned, you know, don't assume things. Yep. For yeah, sure. It's a hard well, lesson. So from that, how did you guys decide to do the disorderly blondes podcast that we all have the pleasure <laughs> of listening to? <laughs> so how did that come to be? Brand, that's all you. <laughs> so we we've always we've we always talked about trying to get the word out or trying to to since our kids were older or, or as they they got older we're like you know there's all these moms of newly diagnosed kids and 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 I, everyone and it, it did turn like she said and I'm sure you feel it too like somebody always wants you to call somebody who just got a child who's diagnosed to to kind of help them, right? Isn't that like, I'm sure that happens to you too. Um, so we're constantly like calling people that somebody else thinks we should call. And, you know, we're like, why don't we just do something? And about 10, 11, 12, about three years or four years after we met, we actually got um, um, a connection to do a reality show. And we were, we were 
about to, we we did a what's it called the not the teaser what's the teaser it the, teaser reel oh teaser reel yeah and it got presented at all these conventions and everything and everyone loved us this was like 2012 I think and everyone loved the family and loved us and they were like oh my gosh you know you girls are so personable and and we love this idea but there's really no autism on TV right now and we're scared <laughs> mm -hmm. to kind of take that lead and and jump but but maybe soon and even like um wasn't it like harpo the the oprah winfrey um yeah. yeah and lifetime and all these people were really interested but nobody wanted to be the first and then the the, the couple we're still in touch with them today the couple who who actually they were the producers um they were from they're from georgia and um they they ultimately they were they were financing this whole thing like they flew down to film us and do everything on their own and um ultimately they kind of said okay we're done with <laughs> putting all these funds and we we consider different ways like maybe we'll just do christy and i will just do it on youtube you know or maybe we'll just do something different and then life happened and we let that go <laughs> and then a couple of years ago again um i got the bug after um appearing in, in a local news channel interview mm -hmm. in spanish about about um autism and the community and i just you know i was on a high and i came home and i'm like oh my gosh christy like we need to do this we need to do something and the initial idea was let's go back to the youtube idea let's go back to, even if we have to do it ourselves we need something to show what's happening in the community who are the big players who are the the therapists that are making a difference the doctors that are really taking care of our kids and that kind of stuff but again we looked at logistics and it's just too much with our lives to do the whole youtube you know, to uh -huh. do it right. And we, we can't finance that. We can't finance the filming and the editing and the credits and all this kind of stuff. So we said, well, how about we just do a podcast? <laughs> you know, we can, that's easier. It's more mobile. We don't have to, do, we, it, there's editing, but you don't, it's not as intense, I think, as video. And, and here we are. <laughs> and, well, and I, I was yeah. just going to say, I read in an article, I think it was an interview um, you guys did about your podcast that you know you also started it kind of as you said for a need for increased coverage of events sources and a dose of reality yes. about and for parents at all stages of the journey and i love that reasoning especially the, the reality part and that there yes. are so many stages of this journey i mean we all have kids our sons are all about the same age but there are people who just are getting started and there's so much that we can share with them through all of the parents who've already been through age three, four, five, and up that, you know, we can save them some trouble a little bit and, yes, you know, and let, let them know what we know. <laughs> so one of our, one of our kills us. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that one of our big things has always been like giving it to everyone straight you know like the yeah. whole and it's fine to be optimistic obviously and it's fine to once in a while look for that rainbow and you know glitter and unicorns and all that but <laughs> but with us you're always 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 going to get the truth and we're always not going to sugarcoat it and if that means like not being pc sometimes then so be it listen to another podcast you know because i hate nothing more than the whole like constant spin about you know i'm telling you i just told you that my son is hitting his head that it hurts him but don't be like well at least he has great hair like <laughs> no dude like he hit it hurts him and i'm so right. sorry but i wish my son didn't do that to himself because i, I wish it didn't hurt him i don't want him to be in pain so that kind yeah. of stuff you know like i hate the constant spin on why it's that's going back to the whole like why is it such a blessing why is it such a gift like 
No. So we're always going to give, and we're going to do it like, like we're talking to a girlfriend and, you know, just yeah. with fun. We're always going to try and laugh at our situation and we're going to bring in experts, but we're going to keep it very, very real. Yes. Chrissy, yeah. did you want to say something to that yeah. too? I, I think um, a couple of things. I think, you know, we try to do a lot of different creative projects over the years, but I think we um, got bogged down by perfect birthday parties and you know <laughs> all of our we had plenty of creative endeavors to keep us busy and I feel like everything we have done really led us to this I mean Brenda is going to talk about her uh, lifestyle blog later but a lot of the experience she gained from that from building it from the ground up everything organic everything her way we knew we wanted to create something that was us that had our stamp on it. We didn't want to listen to a podcast that was just statistics or, right. you know, there's, there's enough depression out there. Yes. We want, we don't want moms to feel the loneliness that we, I felt so isolated, even with friends, you feel so isolated and lonely and mad at yourself for thinking, I hate my kid right now. You know, mm -hmm. we want people to understand that, um, the emotions are normal. It's okay. It's okay to cry. You know, and, and I actually, when Brenda was telling the story, it made me think, I have a question for you, Brenda. Do you think part of this, remember when back in the days when we, the kids were in place and complex place, remember we met those quote unquote older moms? I should say older moms. Well, they were older, but more <laughs> further along in the process. Yes. The old moms. Yes. <laughs> we, we, now we're the old moms. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, now that's us. <laughs> but, um, I remember like. Brenda and I would be so giddy and we would be talking about like, you know, um, different therapies and treatments. And we're so excited about this. And they would just, you know, we would be forced to be together in some kind of like, you know, autism mom social get together or something. And they would just roll their eyes like, oh, just wait, oh, just wait till they find it. That's a waste of money. Oh, we tried that. And we were so deflated. We felt like, why don't those girls like us? You know, they're uh -huh. the mean girls. And we, there's enough bitterness out there. We just didn't want that. Um, we wanted to project, you know, and, and we try all the time when people ask us, what therapies have you tried? What has worked? What hasn't? And I'm going to, you know, quote Brenda. She always says, you do you. You do you. Try everything. Do what you can afford. Um, you know, skip what you have to skip, but make it your own journey. And F everybody else. And we just think that's so important. There's enough hate out there. There's, a, there's enough sadness out there. Autism sucks enough. Yes, I said it sucks. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we don't want moms and, and dads, parents, aunties to lose themselves in the diagnosis. It's hard enough. So we're, I think, you know, like Brenda said, we try to be like girlfriends and just, um, we, and we've made a lot of friends to the podcast, actually, our quote unquote fans yes. <laughs> have become <laughs> our friends. And because we offer so much advice freely and openly and often, and even though we say like, you know, we're not perfect, but why not try this? Why not try that? So yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I love the laughter part. I mean, that's what I try to say uh, all the time. I mean, yes, the podcast presents a great opportunity for, for us to, you know, reveal other stories and other situations that were, they're different, slightly different. A lot of them are very similar to ours. Um, it's not to be depressing and that it's just to highlight there's so many more of us out there that we could just unite 
um, and help each other, like you said, and just be support for one another and laugh about it. If you don't laugh, you're going to cry and it's not worth yep. crying every day. We can't change it. So we just need to, I mean, you know, when Skylar bangs the walls, I'm irritated. I freak out sometimes, but other days I just laugh because it's just so insane that it happens right. so much. It's just our norm that it just makes me burst out into laughter. Yes. Oh, it's yes. like a Kelgan yeah. moment, you know, I'm like, seriously, <laughs> this is not my life. No, laugh, <laughs> laughter has, has saved us. And I think, um, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but like, I come from a very funny family. My, <laughs> I grew I grew up in a family and, and I'm sure it was just, and Hey, it worked. It was just to distract from all the, you know, crap that was going on in the world. My parents have always been huge jokers, like, you know, everything from, you know, fart humor, you know, we, you know, we're, we're the gross, the gross, we live to laugh. And I think that with JR, it has saved him. And I always describe him as funny. And what's interesting about that is I think, you know, when you have a child who has autism, it's really hard and that this, this really, really um, hit me hard that even though every child has his or her own personality, autism or not, you kind of wonder, you know, my kids have my husband's looks, thank God, and, and size <laughs> and, you know, I mean, everything about them is him, but it was hard to pick things from JR's personality that, that I can say, well, oh, well, you know, he does that because that's you, Tim, or, or he does that because that's, that comes from you, Christy. I feel like it's hard because they are, so, you know, the, uh, autism is like a veil over them that they can't, you know, break from. But the humor is one thing that I feel, it, it reminds me that he's a part of me. And I don't know, it sounds silly, but it, I enjoy that about him. Well, I think one of you guys also mentioned that you're committed to leaving the term autism awareness in the dust, if I'm quoting Ugh. you correctly. Yeah. Well, who said that? And I mean, or if you both feel that way, what exactly do you mean? I mean, I think I know what you mean, but just in case I'm misinterpreting, what did you mean by I'm that? I'm sure Brenda said it, but I hope you understand by, by the dust, yeah. meaning like run it over, back it up and hit it again. <laughs> and then the, creating that kind of dust, right, Bren? Yeah, it's more of us, it's like, um, we can still create awareness through action, through let's do that whole thing where, you know, everyone wears a blue shirt in April and then forgets about us the other, yeah. the other 11 months of the year is not cool. So how about um, we promote action, you know, okay, what are you going to do about it? You know, okay, you got the blue shirt, now what? Are you committed right. to talking to your child about it? Are you committed to... Um, helping someone if you see them on the street and the mom is overwhelmed or, you know, something else action, not just awareness, because it's, it's just so easy. Like with everything, just wear the pin. Okay, great. Aware. Now, now what <laughs> you're aware now what, you know, <laughs> and we have a hashtag. Um, when we, when we record our episode, a lot of the things, um, well, some, some of the, the, fun things we do is we, we call Miamiisms things that are, yes. kind of, you know, to the area. So a lot of the things, um, the Hispanic community, um, it, 
which is really pretty large in South Florida, is always saying super, super, everything's super. So super obvious, super funny, <laughs> super this. So for us, is we are super aware. <laughs> and then that's, awesome. that's, that's one of our hashtags. And sometimes we do the, we roll the R, so it's like it's super. So our thing is five R's, super aware <laughs> about autism. We're not aware, we're just we're super aware. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my God, that's I so funny. I think my favorite part is when I, you know, we do a lot of writing, you know, for, for the podcast. And I'm sure, Laura, you're aware of that, you know, whether it's scripts or, you know, descriptions or you writing articles. And Brenda, <laughs> Brenda corrects my writing and she's like, Christy, it's five R's. It's five <laughs> R's. I'm like, damn it. Well, we have to keep it. We have to keep it consistent, you yes. know, as a for a brand. Yes, <laughs> it's we're very particular hours. about stuff like that. But nobody else oh notices. Yeah, but yeah. Oh my and gosh! I feel like um, a lot of our interviews, and maybe it's just we gravitate to great people, but they're the ones that are, you know, the active ones. Whether it's a cafe that uh, trains individuals, um, you know, job skills, or I love that episode, by the way. Oh, Thank oh you. And the town of Miami Lakes, the whole entire town is immersed in not only awareness, um, but to, to raise up their citizens who have autism as if they were any other citizen. Um, it, it really, we can't say enough about some of the people that we have interviewed and a lot of the people that we interview have no stake in the game there these are people who don't even have children with autism mm -hmm. they just they just see a need in the community and they meet it and they're not um you know there's no like marching parade saying here we are look what we're doing they're just doing it and we're hoping that in the future that um these individuals will you know we can model what they're doing whether it's a rising tide car wash whether it's the chocolate spectrum uh -huh. city of miami lakes just so many people doing the right thing we just need so much more I just wish that they could, you know, kind of travel the world like the other speakers on this topic and explain yes. their their blueprint and how they did it and what the idea was and start these type of things in every community because, you know, my biggest moment that keeps me up every night uh, aside from Skylar banging and wetting the bed, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but not getting any sleep, I'm worried about his future day programs and yeah. things for him to do once he's 21, 22, and he's aged out of all the programs that we know of, there's just nothing for him to do. And I, you know, I said to someone the other day on another episode, I don't want him going to the zoo every day for right. an outing, I know. like and treated like a toddler. That's not fun for him. That's not right. what he Here wants to do. Here comes the slow kids. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like, it, it all draws attention to the old stereotypes and the horrible, you know, connotation with the short bus and the, just the, all that yeah. stuff. I mean, maybe that's rotten of me to think, but I just don't want him piled into a van and taken to some field trip every day just to give him something to do. So and I would just rather have um, it be meaningful. Yeah. And hasn't this um, homeschooling quote air quotes, um, at least for me, it's been such a glimpse into JR's future because huh. You know, he's only occupied a few hours a day. Now, granted, there's he has a lot of opportunity. His school is incredible, um, but he doesn't want to sit in front of a computer the entire day and do, you know, do theater at 
two o'clock and, you know, dance at five o'clock or whatever, like that gets old. But anyway, that aside, you're, you're realizing that if they're not in school all day, that's a huge block of time. They're doing nothing. And don't tell JR, I can't, I got to whisper this, hold on. His summer camp was canceled. Okay. So now he's going to be home all summer with zero to do mommy camp to the max. And so, you know, me being frustrated that aside, it, it's a glimpse into what his future will be like if he doesn't have something meaningful to do. Even if he has a, not job, but um, if he volunteers, or he has somewhere to go, it's not all day. It's not every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot, not a lot of parents are old enough to, or have enough money to be retired to entertain their mm-hmm. man children at that age. So it's, it's rough. And Brennan and I really do seek out, and maybe that's a product of our own kids' ages, even though we try to talk about, you know, therapies for all ages and, and really do target those newly diagnosed families. You know, we gravitate to programs that will benefit kids at this age, not only because our kids are this age, but because there's just barely anything out there. It's sad. It's sad. Um, as far as, you know, just kind of putting action besides the podcast that you guys are so great at, um, Christy, I, I also know about your nonprofit, the puzzle piece. Now, what, what does that entail? You mean the race that you did that you didn't receive your medals for? (laughs) Well, whatever. I do live far from you, but (laughs) I can't, I'm going to blame it on the mailman, but, um, that's that's a side conversation, but, uh, thanks for asking. Um, about 11 years ago, I'm sure Brenda can, um, pinpoint the exact date, but I can't. (laughs) It was about 11 years ago. Um, JR started going to an incredible, life-changing, life-altering summer camp. It's probably one of the most popular sought-after camps in the whole Southeast, and it's dreamy, and Brenda can attest that because her kids still go there. We don't live in the area anymore, so we don't, but long story long, it's, you know, any camp that's going to give the attention these kids need is going to be expensive, Um, and last time I checked, families... Um, are being affected by, you know, having more than one child with special needs. So doing the math and, you know, really thinking about cost and and the need, summer camp is not something that um, is really a luxury for a lot of special needs kids. They need that constant engagement. So they're teachers that work so hard all year long, um, you know, they're not losing skills. So long story long, I started this nonprofit um, to help families pay for summer camp. And since then, you know, I've been a little bit loosey-goosey with that, you know, any need, whether it's a weighted vest or, I mean, we've gone as far as, you know, funding a transgendered autistic child with a new wardrobe, um, yeah. I mean, if, if we have the money and, and there's the need, you know, um, I think that a lot of us are pretty disillusioned by national organizations yeah. and how hard parents blindly work to do walks and raise money um, for these gigantic organizations and, you know, whose, you know, copy bills or photocopier bills are 
twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month. So your little walk that you had to get respite care for in order to participate in yeah. isn't doing shit. Okay. Yeah. So no, I hear you. if you don't donate to a local organization, keep your money local. One hundred percent is going, you know, back to people in your own community. Wouldn't you want to, you know, support your own community, people in your own community, see them struggle less, see kids happier. Um, so that's, uh, what I do. And, um, every year we have a run. That's our biggest fundraiser, a virtual run. Um, this year was easier than ever to participate because no one else had anything to do when everything was virtual. <laughs> yeah. So it was perfect. <laughs> yes. And we actually tra- changed the word run well, Brenda and I used to change it from run to rum, but that's a side story, <laughs> um, to move over autism. So it was run over autism for a few years, and now it's for a couple of years, it's been move over autism. Anything you can do um, for a couple of miles or you know, 30 minutes that will take your mind off of your day and remind you that um, you are pausing to think about those who aren't as financially fortunate as you or have extra uh, financial burden because of their uh, child with autism, awesome. You do that and you get a medal, no questions asked. I don't care if you even ran or walked or what you did, you get a medal and um, it's been wonderful. It's been such a fun, fun thing to do and we've had such great response, but that's basically what we do, fund summer camps and incidentals. We give money straight to camps or we give mostly money straight to parents. Um, or we work with camps that already give scholarships and we love it. That's so great. I love it. And the metal's cool, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Every year they look like they're neat. So, oh uh, yeah, that's Brenda. She just, she's designed the metal since year one. Yay. So many talents. So Brenda, <laughs> yeah. So moving to you, um, mm-hmm. I, I did not know until I read it that you have a food, wine, and lifestyle blog called The Wet Palette, which I'm really interested to hear how that name came to be. Ah. Um, (laughs) So so you have a lot of what marketing background and um, business background? So my background is actually interior design and, and dance. (laughs) I have a very colorful, colorful. Yeah. And so anything artistic, yeah, it's going to be me (laughs) and uh, artsy fartsy. And, um, I, one of the things Larry, my husband, and I like to do or started doing um, was to really put a lot of emphasis on our date nights. And um, that turned into becoming passionate about wine and food more than the normal person, um, seeking out restaurants and even traveling for food sometimes. Um, and so then everyone was kind of asking always, oh, well, where did you go? And what itinerary did you do? And all this stuff. And I said, you know, maybe I'll start a blog, just putting everything down there. It's much simpler to send someone a link to my New York favorites than to just tell them to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was born. And, and I, all, I called it, um, I, I always wanted it to be more than just food. So we talked about um, the logo has um, a fork a wine glass, and then a a paintbrush. And that paintbrush kind of signifies whenever I talk about something else, um, whether it's um, a trip, a play, or just something else that's not food and wine. So when I was coming up with the name, of course, Christy had a hand in it as well. (laughs) And I I knew I wanted to use palette 
Um, and then I want like a painter's palette, which is mm -hmm. my logo. But then I also like the play on words of a palette because you're eating and drinking. And then Christy said, well, what about a wet palette? And then, of course, I'm like, oh, W-E-T, a wet palette. She's like, no, W-H-E-T, which I had no idea it was with an H. <laughs> And Christy, of course, was, you know, she's a grammar police. And, and so we kind of came up with that name together, which I love that, that part of it. And then I had sketched the logo. It was like long-winded, but it's just a fun story of Christy and I. Um, I had sketched the logo on a piece of paper, like kind of what I wanted it to look like. And for Christmas, she gifted me. Um, she actually went to a guy, a graphic designer, who brought it to life. And that was like, her, she gave me a mock-up of like three, four, five different styles based on my little sketch. And I, you know, like she had her hand in that, my little side project too. <laughs> and so, yeah, so that's just a fun thing that we do. We still try and dine out and, and drink wine and discuss different bottles and, and it's kind of like our getaway. And now it's actually, it's been, I think this January will be eight years of that project. That's incredible. And for the record, for the wack, for the wacker, for the wacker, wet <laughs> means honed or sharpened. So sharpened palette. I like it. There's your play on Yay. words. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. smart. You know, listening to you guys, I find myself now in the third car in the carpool line, watching two of you guys chatting <laughs> up, waiting for your kids. And I'm like, I really want to be their friend. I want, <laughs> I want to go over to their house and drink Yay. wine with them. <laughs> so now, now I, I wish I lived in Florida. <laughs> I thought you did initially for one, some reason. I don't know why. I think yeah, when I, we did that other podcast, you, you mentioned terminology that that sounded very like Florida not just IEP stuff like that there was something else you were talking about and I'm like oh she's calling it like we call it in Florida I wonder if she's from Florida <laughs> maybe my um the sales team that I manage all live in Florida oh. I have uh 22 oh. 22 reps that live in all parts of Florida so mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm learning the geography very quickly <laughs> so. they must be super great <laughs> they're pretty <laughs> awesome I'm pretty lucky <laughs> so well you guys I was super are impressed <laughs> you guys are super phenomenal. I love listening to your podcast. I will link up all of your um, connections. Again, their podcast is Disorderly Blondes. Um, it's very funny. And um, is there anything, you know, just from all the guests that you've had on the podcast and things that you two each have taken away from your interactions with so many people involved in the autism community one way or another um, that you, you know, would like to share anything that you know, that you learned from all of this process of, of doing the podcast and meeting all these businesses and people? Um, definitely grown and learned a lot. And if anything, I think the biggest things is, is, is being constantly inspired. You know, like we sometimes yeah. get this autism fatigue mm -hmm. <laughs> of just, of, of con even sometimes we have podcast fatigue, right? Where we go through like, you know, we're constantly texting back and forth and ideas and everything. And then sometimes there's like three days that we don't even talk about it. <laughs> it's, just, it's so much. But every time, you know, as you know, as you very well know, every time there's an interview, you have to prep for it and you read or you listen or you research it. And then you, you're kind of like reignited, like you're kind of pumped you know, yeah. before and after. And that, so that constant, um, planning keeps us, keeps, keeps us sharp. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it keeps us informed and inspired. And then therefore we are a better version of, of hosts. Um, and, and 
able to help our community because we're constantly there, inspired and happy to, to give back. We have learned so much. I, I can't even tell you how many times I've turned to Brennan and Brennan said, gosh, I'm learning so much. I thought, and it's a great lesson. It's, you know, you, we thought we knew everything. Oh, we're mm -hmm. going to just, we're, you know, disperse our greatness and we're just going to impress all of our amazing, you know, thoughts and skills and knowledge to the world, you know, look at world, here we come. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, didn't know that, didn't know that. And the <laughs> perspective also, um, you know, we have been in interviews where we have, had some tough conversations with people who don't exactly see things our way. And at the end, um, it worked out and we, we, uh, every party learned a little bit. And I think that's what it's all about. Yeah, I agree so much. And I, I feel like, you know, if nothing else, I hope our podcasts can invite more friends into our lives and people a willingness to be more open with their lives and know that they're not by themselves. I think you, one of you said yeah. it early on in the beginning of this taping that, um, you know, we just felt so alone 17 years ago. I, I didn't know any other families with autism. I had no connections. There was nowhere to research. I just was doing all of this by myself, trial and error. And the amount of information out there now and people willing to share all the ways they messed up, all the things yeah. they wish they could do differently. I love hearing that. And you can take it or leave it. I mean, it, we're just putting it out there. And if you want to try all the therapies that failed for us, I encourage you to do so because they may work for you. Yeah. So I think I just, the need for, for ther excuse me, the need for that therapeutic, um, you know, release is it's never ending because you mentioned you know Skyler's beginnings in that era in that time and for the rest of the time everyone else's children are growing by leaps and bounds mm -hmm. and I know you know this time right now should you know is probably difficult for you guys because of senior year and senior activities and you know Jared wants to drive okay that's great that you can see that <laughs> but he's like isn't that kid 16 that's driving down the road? Why am I not doing that? I'm like, well, it's complicated. So, you know, it, it's, it's hard. We constantly need support and someone who gets it in every stage of your life and your child's life. Yep. And encourages and builds us up too when we're having a down day. You yeah. know, I know that I could call either one of you and go, this really sucks. And you're like, I know. Yep. <laughs> Have another drink. Let's, no, let's I'm drink kidding. that. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being candid as always and um, for all that you're doing for the autism um, community and for being super aware. I, I, it means a lot to me. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you thank for having you us, so please. Much. Absolutely. We'll have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Lori. Okay. Check bye. Your I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and will tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.